Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast for the first time in this show, we, uh, we give publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And today's movie is... So Undercover. An awful movie. It is indeed. <laughs> and we'll have some fun. We've already talked about it a little bit, but we'll go. We'll dive into it a little bit better in a, in a few minutes. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to be doing... What was it called? The Last Starfighter next week. That was our Patreon requested one. And then we'll have a short episode the week after. We'll be in Vegas at the at the Business Master Class. And then we'll either do a Halloween-themed one, possibly House on Haunted Hill or uh, Van Helsing or something like that the week after that. And then we'll do Throw Mama from the Train after that. And if you have any questions, you can send me an email at andreatselfpublishstrong.com. And feel free to support us on patreon.com for a dollar a month to be able to ask us marketing questions. And even if you just want to hear us discuss things, you don't really have marketing questions. Just say, hey, what, what have you thought of this? You know, you know, like KU versus white or whatever. You can just you can just anything you want to hear us discuss. And then you can also give us ideas for movies that, you know, suggestions for movies that we will discuss. Right. Yes. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's go on. I'm today was a really good day. I, I actually dictated in two batches today of nearly 20 minutes each because I didn't have morning sickness today. So it was a marvelous day. And oh, let's see the school book. The school book is with my editor. We went and visited the school this week and I showed them my revision and writing process. And then next week I'll be showing them the comments that my editor has on the book just to teach them you know, the processes authors go through or the stages they go through in writing. And Nolan, what did you have them do? We picked out what the stone in the secret stone looks like. Which you're going to be... Drawing for the cover and sculpting for sales. <laughs> yes, for sales for them to buy. Yes. Which is fun because we write a book and then they get to buy the actual item from the book, which is kind of fun, you know. Mm -hmm. Makes it more interesting, I think. Why don't you go ahead and give us the quote for today? All right. When obstacles arise, you change your direction to reach your goal. You do not change your decision to get there. By Zig Ziglar. Why'd you pick that one? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of them are going to be ones we like. Maybe I should yeah. stop asking you that. Like, why did you pick that one? Because it's a good motivational quote. That's why. Okay, so how about this? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, he's got a point. I mean, a, a lot of things change on your way. Because like, a lot of times when you make a goal... You make a goal that's out of your current ability, and the more you learn, the more you have to adapt mm -hmm. to new information. Yeah. It's not all bad changes, because like, sometimes you learn a lot, and you learn that things maybe take longer, Yeah, and you have to adjust. You don't decide not to do it anymore, necessarily, but you're yeah. like, well, this isn't working. Because, I mean, a lot of... We talked about this. A lot of people measure how much work they do as the goal, like, no one works harder than me, mm -hmm. but that's not your real goal. Mm -mm. Your goal is to accomplish things with your hard work. So a lot of people write and write and write, but never publish. You know, your goal should be to publish. Yeah, and I was actually thinking about um, something along the lines of, along those lines. Somebody made a comment in the Twenty Books to Fifty K group about how she's got two books out, and she's like, "Is it even possible to make money as a fantasy author?" And I'm and I'm like, "You've got two books out. It is not possible for almost anyone to make money with just two books." 
And a lot of people were just, were being super negative about it. And when I, I read, read through, I don't generally spend time in the group because it is kind of, there's a lot going on in there. There's 25,000 members and it's just, there's, it's too fast moving for me to spend time in there. But this one is about fantasy. So it caught my eye and they were, they're saying, yeah, I'm not making any money. I've got three books out. Yeah. I'm not making any money. I write book one book a year. And I, I, I got in there and I was like, yes, it's possible to make money, but you've got to be doing, you've got to have more books out than just a few. And releasing one book a year is not going to make you money because people's attention spans aren't long enough anymore for that. No, it is too short. Anyway, I need to read that quote. Let's see. When obstacles arise, you change your direction to reach your goal. You do not change your decision to get there. I really like that. Um, so, for example, I wanted to get uh, Lizzie's series done this year, and Morning Sickness has really seriously um, slowed me down. But I've And I've had to adapt around it, but I'm still working on getting the series finished this year. And because, I mean, one of my readers today, I was, I posted in my group saying, Hey, I didn't have morning sickness today. I was able to, uh, to write for a little while, dictate for a little while. And one of my readers was like, you stop worrying about us and just focus on feeling better and focus on you. And I'm like, this isn't about you guys. <laughs> I mean, I was nicer than that, but I'm like, writers write. This is what makes us happy. If I'm not writing, I'm cranky. And Nolan can attest to that. I've been very cranky recently. Of course, I am pregnant. But he understands. Like, he, if he's not creating something art, you know, right? You feel better when you're doing something where art's concerned. And I just, I'm a better mom and I'm more patient and I'm happier when I am writing re regularly. So I was like, this is mostly about what makes me happy as a person. And I, and I, I explained that to him and I was like, it's not just about releasing books. It's also about what makes me feel like I am, I am a person, you know? Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and go on to the tip today. I kind of, I've prepped it up a little bit uh, two weeks ago with the uh, self-editing talking about how, how important it is to hire an editor, but sometimes it's not possible. And the fact that you need to be willing to work really hard and put in a lot more time than other writers would. Um, okay. So the self, one of the self editing processes that I've, I was given by a professional author or professional editor and I've done it myself, but I've never released anything without editing it just because editors catch so much. Even when I feel super confident, they still catch things. So here's the process. Number one, write the book, perfect it to the best of your ability. And I'm going to say, write the book quickly because the longer it takes, the more work you have to do on the book later. Because you have to tie things together. You have to remember and lo you lose your train of thought. Okay, number two, read through it several times. Three, have beta readers and other others go through it. Four, put the book and the feedback you received away for a while. A couple of months at least. And then go back to it. Pull, um, Go through the book very carefully twice. After you've found everything you can, pull out the feedback from beta readers and volunteers, volunteers then compare notes. See if you caught everything they did. And if you didn't catch anything, everything, pay strong attention to what they found and educate yourself on the topics. Do this more than once. So the thing with self-editing is you have to allow yourself time away from the project because... I don't, I don't know. I know this is actually the same with art. When you're working on it regularly, you don't see errors and you don't see problems, right? True. And when you take a break away from it for a while, you come back, it's like you're looking at something you didn't create yourself. You're looking at something with object. What's the word? Objectivity. Yes. So it's new to you. Yes. And that's the way you want it to be with a book. Um, and beta readers and others do catch things that you won't catch. And... The, the the thing with self-editing is it needs to happen 
it needs to happen in depth. You have to be very, very firm with yourself on this. You, you know, reading through it once, reading through it twice, revising a whole ton of times and then publishing doesn't work. You, that, that time element is important. One of the books that I just stopped reading, actually, I was telling Nolan, this author is a great storyteller, but her editing was horrible. And I stopped reading it around 60% of the way through when the big reveal that we've been leading up to for the whole book, she dropped the ball on it. It was horribly done. And it just was so disappointing that I stopped reading the book. And I was ignoring very bad prose and very bad grammar all the way through because the story was so good. And then at that point, I was just like, it's not worth it anymore. If she'd had a good editor, the editor would have been able to help her um, uh, smooth it out. Stick, stick the ending. Please. It wasn't even the ending, even though 60% climax. through. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, that's the thing. Like, big reveals should be closer to the end, honestly. It should be closer to the climax. It shouldn't be a little over halfway through. And the way it happened was just so disappointing. And Unless the, it's maybe the end of a, an act. Yeah, actually, it might have been. I didn't. I didn't read after that. Uh, but but the thing is, the big reveal as a reader, readers are much more intelligent than authors give them credit for. Sometimes, as a reader, I figured out what the big reveal was well before she announced it, and then it just wasn't. There was no payoff. It wasn't exciting. So don't trust yourself when it comes to your books, um, unless you've been doing this for a while. And again, this kind of contradicts what our advice was last week. You know, sometimes you do have to just publish it if you've been working on it for a long time, for years, you know? Right, there's a point at where you're just postponing. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe you're chickening out, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or you've edited it so much, and you keep growing and you keep making it better. Yeah. But that process never ends so no it doesn't it's sometimes you just have to be like yeah this is my 10th time through this is going to be it i'm going to post it up because you learn a lot from posting it up that's you true. learn a lot from publishing a book and you learn a lot from writing a completely separate book with a separate plot separate climax everything you yes. know yeah i mean it, repetition is important not just editing repetition but actually writing whole books repetition yeah yep okay so that's my tip for today on on uh, self-editing and we'll talk, I'll give a couple more tips on editing. So for example, my process that I use right now, a little bit more about it. And then a couple more tips on editing, regardless of whether you hire an editor or do it yourself. Anyway, so that's it for tips and stuff. Uh, should we talk about so undercover now? We should talk about it so that we can Stop talking about it as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I feel bad. Josh was like, oh, I've got to watch this movie with you guys. I've got to watch this movie with you guys. And then we were like, can't watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, well, make, we'll let him watch it with us eventually. But. Sure. Um, should we... So where should we even begin? Basic um, plot structure. Yeah, give Just, us... Actually, I can give the, the setup. I wrote it down. A tough, street-smart private eye is hired by the FBI to go undercover in a college sorority. Okay. I would say she's not really that tough or street-smart. No, she's neither of those things. She um, is more tough than, say, Britney Spears. Okay. You know, the actress, sure. Miley Cyrus, is more tough than Britney Spears. She's sure. a little hardened. <laughs> okay. I'll concede that point. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, it's, wow. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that we think are really important mm -hmm. for a story to have. Yeah. Characters. Yes. They do not develop them. No, they don't go anywhere. They don't make me care about them. They interact poorly with each other. They don't feel natural. Um, yes, bad dialogue in a book can make characters feel wooden. Yeah. Just like these actors that 
totally didn't want to be there. Yes. Particularly our the main. protagonist, Miley yes. Cyrus herself. Um, it was one of the most phoned-in um, acting uh, scenes I, I, I've ever witnessed. It's yeah. um, truly uh, poorly executed on every level. Um, yeah, and I'm sure she wouldn't be in so many movies if she was always that bad, you know? I mean... She's got to have been good at some point, maybe just as a child. I've never actually seen anything else but this that it was hers. Yeah, this is um, the first and last Miley Cyrus media we will consume that wasn't accidentally heard on the radio. Or accidentally heard on in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Or that, I guess. Yeah, because Miley Cyrus was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Plot, um, it meanders. Um, mm-hmm. The climax is disappointing pretty much non-existent yeah um there's no like try fail cycle really i mean kind of there is but there is but they're so weak and they feel super like the stakes are super low yeah the stakes are very low um yeah there's no build up to like a crescendo to a climax yeah things just kind of happen there are some funny times in the movie i did laugh a few times yeah which i would say is probably the only thing i liked about the movie um, some of the peripheral characters were more interesting. The bad guy was the best actor. Yeah, actually. Him was, he was fine. And he's the one that is the big betrayal. And so there, he had all the most interesting things going on around about him. Yeah, he's like the, I'd rather watch a movie about his character than this main character, which is yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. It's good to have a good bad guy, but not if they outshine your main character mm-hmm. too much. Then yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then they should be the antihero in a different story instead mm-hmm. of the pro, having the protagonist be, of the story. So yeah, so that's wrong. Um, then when her love interest, she beats him up and leaves him unconscious and handcuffed, handcuffed, and he comes to her and he's like, "What's going on? Why did you what, beat me? In why did you beat me up?" He's like, "What's? I thought I fell for you." And I'm like, "Uh, no, no guy would do that. He'd be like, he'd never want to see her again after that, you know?" Yeah. Like she treated him so poorly. She was she was flirtatious, and then she was a jerk to him half, all the way throughout the whole movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she beats him up, leaves him unconscious. Yeah. It, there's there's. It's just fumbling the the storyline the 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 context of their relationship growing you know yeah. having having a flirt flirt fail flirt flirt succeed kind yeah. of you know like try they could have a romance try fail cycle of course yeah as a, in a romance paralleling the yeah. try fail cycles of the main plot line mm-hmm. which is um, she's undercover to find um, some. Uh, what are they called? Papers that were written between letters that were written ledger between. ledgers. Uh, okay, yeah. Bookkeeping stuff for yeah. a mob guy. Yeah. So the the mob's bookkeeper's daughter <laughs> goes to her college. Um, yeah, she goes undercover into her college because they think that maybe she has some of the documents that incriminate the the big bad uh, the big uh, mob guy. I never understood why the guy stayed acted like he was the FBI. What part did he play in that? Was he trying to protect the mob guy? I mean... Yeah, he's there to get the documents for the mob guy. Okay, because I was like, what is, what's going on? Yeah, that's that's his job. I wasn't paying close enough attention because I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, so he sets her up to go find them for him because he can't go into a sorority and yeah. find them. Yeah. And then... Betrayal! Ooh, didn't see that coming. And it was funny because I was like watching this movie. I was like, "Is this, this is the FBI? This is a big budget movie, and it is a big budget because they actually had a budget for it." And I'm like, "This is the best they could do for the FBI for a studio for getting her ready." And then I'm like, uh... it, "It's very, uh, it's very bargain basement miscongeniality." But yeah, but the thing is, my point is like, 
they kind of showed their hand with how badly staged his whole FBI thing was, you know, because like, then I was like, this is really stupid. And then when you find out he's not the FBI, I was like, okay, all right. Because I'm like, it wasn't believable. I I, I cast doubt on it. Yeah. Well, he's totally not with the FBI. Yeah. It was, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't a huge surprise. No. You're like, oh, okay. I guess, uh, oh knows. I have been betrayed. Yes. How could I have seen this coming? And so it had no impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Most of it had no impact. The romance had no impact. The comedy had very little impact because they tried to have it, the, trying to be the, um, the fish out of water, mm-hmm. you know, because she's like raised it's by a cop and she's... You know, ex-cop. <laughs> ex-cop because he's got gambling problems. And yep. so, you know, she's, she's that, you know, street enforcer kind of like... Yeah. Sneaking around, Tough. taking pictures, yeah, of, peop- of people cheating on spouses, and is willing to do dangerous things in like the opening scene where she jumps from one balcony to like a roof of another building. And it's totally unbelievable because you can tell that she's not. She doesn't have the upper body strength to no. do that. She yeah. would have died. She would have fallen twenty stories to her death. But even <laughs> if she didn't, you know, even if that would have, I mean, that would have saved us from this movie. So. <laughs> if it had happened early on. In an alternate future, her <laughs> alternate that movie. Um, we will all have been happier. I wonder how many movies we've been saved from watching because the main actor died. Yeah, then the story never happened. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yes. The story, the story gods have saved us from so many bad, so many bad stories. Um, so yeah, so, um, where was I even going with that? I don't even remember that, the, that in a nutshell is the, way is, the movie That is, is the movie. Yeah. Like the threats just kind of, yeah. And, um. And she like gets her sorority sisters to be on her side, even though it doesn't without feel, earning their trust. She yeah, just it doesn't is like, feel like, "Hi guys, sorry I lied to all of you, and I'm undercover, but I'm your sorority sister, so you have to help me." And yeah. it's like, but you're actually not, because like literally, that's you just said you were not because you were undercover. Yeah. So you're not. Yeah, it's just it. Um, I mean, they they hate her at first, and then they love her, and then they hate her, then they love her, and it just none without of any it real ties. Reasons, yeah. yeah. To to hate or love her yeah. at any point, it's just whatever's convenient for the. Plot. Plot. Like, we have to hate her in this scene because there needs to be an obstacle, not because something actually happened to make them hate her that felt like something that would happen. Yeah. Okay, I have a comment on the opening scene. Okay. It absolutely does not fit the movie or even the name of the movie. The movie is so undercover. And the opening scene is, like, street smart, you know, tough, hard. It doesn't... The title, So Undercover, does not fit this main character. Because she's not supposed to be ditzy. You know, there's nothing that ties uh, the two together. Like, but she tries to be ditzy later on. When she... I know, but it's still like, I don't, the title of the movie, so undercover. I mean, Clueless makes sense because she's clueless. She's super ditzy. The whole, that's her personality, she is you know? so undercover. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, for 80% of the movie. She is so undercover. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I don't buy it. I just, I think it's stupid. I didn't say it wasn't stupid. <laughs> uh, I have to say that... They could have just called it Undercover. Yeah, I would have been fine with Undercover. <laughs> I don't know. Miley Cyrus is Undercover. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I just... Yeah, the So Undercover, it didn't fit... She says that in the movie. Well, yeah. So Undercover. But she said it like... Like sarcastically. Saying, yeah. Like she's mocking the movie. Mocking it's everything. It's Watch out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, the top review on the movie is 6 out of 10 by a guy named Paul, and he says it's actually quite good. What a generous soul you are. Yeah. I was like, 6 out of 10? Actually quite good? And it's his first time watching a Miley Cyrus movie? 
It was our first time, too. Yeah, and we didn't give it 6 out of 10. I gave it like a 1 out of 10. Mm. Maybe a 2 out of 10 because I did laugh a couple times. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, I do have another point to make. The bad guy blows up the Suburban with a kidnapped girl in it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. He gets his way and he still blows up the Suburban. I mean, the girl doesn't isn't actually in the Suburban. They never explain how she got out. They're just like, the oh, look, there you are. Got her oh, even though it's locked. And they obviously don't know how to pick into a Suburban. She stole his keys. She stole his keys? Yeah. Miley Cyrus did? No, the, the main chick. The main sorority chick. Oh, wait, Cotton? No, Cotton's not the main one. She's no, I don't know which one. The other blonde. They're all blonde, there's except... Not, there's at least one minority. <laughs> the um, What's her face? The one that's under that's kidnapped isn't blonde. I don't no, remember any of their names. I, didn't, I totally see. I totally missed the keys getting yeah, handed Yeah, she bumped off. into him. She did the boob graze. Oh, I told geez. you. And then steals his keys. That's right. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> but I do love that the bad guy blew up the Suburban. He didn't know that she wasn't there. You know, he just, he didn't care. He's willing to kill. Yeah, exactly. So this bad guy is the this is the character I like the best in the movie. He should have done something maybe like that earlier. Well, I guess he did try to kill the other FBI agent earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. So he did show the, a willingness to kill. But that was so late in the movie, I didn't feel like, like, just the stakes just don't feel like, I don't feel like she was ever in any real she danger. She wasn't ever in danger. No, but I do Even when still... he's got a gun to her freaking head, yeah. I'm like... I don't feel like he would pull the trigger. I don't but know. But it might be just the genre. I mean, this is probably That's geared true. to teenage girls that are, are teeny boppers, you know, like preteens. Yeah. I guess. Who is the target audience for this Pre-teens? Movie? It's Miley Cyrus. I mean. Yeah. I can't believe I, I it didn't engage me now that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow. I'm that not was inter- my favorite movie. I'm not interested in watching a Sorority Girls. Thanks. You've watched sorority type movies with me, Legally Blonde. I know, but and this it's a one, good one. Yeah, that movie's good and was interesting. Yeah. And thank you for showing me sorority girls in bikinis. <laughs> Jeez, this whatever. One, <laughs> this one was boring. Yeah. Okay, that's another example. Legally Blonde. The main character is ditzy. The main character in So Undercover does not fit So Undercover. And, yeah, you don't get like the the dichotomy of her. Like she has to pretend to be ditzy versus she has to. She's always just the same person. Yeah. I don't feel like she was like, oh, I'm so in a sorority right now. I'm yeah. just, I'm totally acting and like having trouble keeping up. You know. The, yeah. And there's she, no character growth on her part. She gets a boyfriend, which she never say that she couldn't but get never, one before. Yeah, so. and like they don't feel like their relationship. I don't know. They yeah. didn't really go anywhere. They didn't have to earn their relationship because he's just going to come back, even if you knock him out and handcuff him and to something. Handcuff him like a criminal on a toilet. Um, <laughs> so like that didn't feel like a thing, and she's still just an undercover person. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, private eye solves the case. Yeah, she's still herself. She didn't really. Yes. I guess she decides to go to college at the end at that sorority, but they would never let her in, so it's kind of silly. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you can't actually go here. (laughs) (laughs) But she, like, saved a bunch of people's lives. They actually do, you know, allow for things like that. I guess so. Oh, I have to say, about two seconds, okay, maybe 30 seconds or even a minute into the movie, Nolan gave his first, are you serious? (laughs) What was that about? I don't even remember. I just wrote it down. Oh, yeah, okay. So, um... The first, the first scene, she's taking pictures of a guy who's cheating, right? And he's got a couple of ladies, friends, mm-hmm. and um, he chases her with a riding crop. <laughs> yes. And then calls her worse than paparazzi. And yes. then she gets the riding crop away from him and smacks him and says, I am not paparazzi. 
He never called her paparazzi. He called her worse than paparazzi. Yeah. Yep. So say, using I am not paparazzi as a comeback. Exactly. Dialogue poorly was written. Was just so stupid. I'm like, that's like the, like, really like two minutes into the movie we're doing this. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's the, just kind of clumsy sort of things they do constantly throughout the movie. Yeah. And that's in the first scene. That sets the tone for everything. Like, buckle up. It gets worse from here. Yeah. Or at least drones on from here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so are you okay if we do trivia? I don't want to sure. make this. We no, hate this movie, so there's... <laughs> there's there's a lot. Yeah. I encourage you, I implore you to watch this movie. It'll be one of the hardest things you do for your writing career. No, it won't be. There's other movies that are much worse. I mean, we actually watched this movie. We watched this movie. Before to... we decided to do it for the podcast. It's true. We watched it and we're like, we haven't done an awful movie. You're it. <laughs> After we watched it, we decided we would do it for the podcast. Yes. And so if this this podcast, this episode seems disjointed to you, <laughs> we just finished re-watching parts of the movie. Because try... it didn't make an impact on us in any way. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's just like a black hole. <laughs> yes. Where two hours of my life weren't, and I wanted to remember where they went, and so I tried to watch it again, and then it's still just emptiness. And I need you to f- share the emptiness. You need me to share the emptiness with you. Yeah, and or the all listeners. of our reader listeners <laughs> can we can all fill this infinite void with our despair. I guess. I yes, <laughs> despair. What is it? better off, Ted? What does it taste like? Um, despair. Meat, beef, no. Chicken. chicken, we'll take chicken. <laughs> anyway, okay, so the trivia for this movie was stupid. Like, just dumb trivia. I didn't don't care. care. Yeah. Yes. And so I went and got trivia on Miley Cyrus, and I saw that she was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which kind of really annoyed me. But Miley Cyrus isn't her real name, uh, and I didn't know that. And Hot Hannah Montana obviously isn't her real name. In 2008, she changed her legal name from Destiny Hope Cyrus to Miley Ray Cyrus. Destiny Hope Cyrus to Miley Ray Cyrus. Miley, Ray after her great, her grandpa and Miley is short for smiley because she smiled all the time growing up. Anyway, I didn't even know that. I'm like, she's anyway. And then, um, I was like, is she still engaged to Liam Hemsworth? Nope. They were, nope. They were thing of the past. And 2013, five years ago. That's how up on Miley Cyrus we are. I know. I don't even care. But the funny thing is nobody else cares either because the trivia is all from 2008, 2007, 2004, and then a couple from 2013 and 14. So I'm like, it's not just us, you know, mercifully she has disappeared. She's got, she's fallen off the, uh, yeah. It's funny because, um, time named her one of the top 100 most influential people of 2014. And nothing's happened since then where she's in concern. So she's not that influential. They're really bad at picking influential people. <laughs> if you've ever read their list, you're like, who? 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 Yeah. <laughs> There's 99. Who? Who? Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Who? Who? I'm like, he was just in an episode of a TV show. No one cares. He's yeah. influential. Shut up. <laughs> no one's like, I'm more influential than he is. Like, I know people that kill people for a living. Like, they influence people's lives because they end them. Yes. And, like, <laughs> someone's like, I wrote a story. Those can change your life. But, like, let's face it. Most pop anythings is not influential, even in the day that they happen. Yeah. I mean, they're influential on other singers, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like the the most popular singer today, Eminem doesn't doesn't <laughs> have it's uh, what's her face. They don't have enough influence. Taylor Swift. Hardly any of them have enough influence 
even in their own time. Well, what you notice is like if they try to push a cause, their fans push back. Yeah, know? they don't want to hear, like, just sing and shut up and sing. <laughs> Pretty which you much. can't do if you shut up, but still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Let's go to top takeaways. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, give us yours. Um, I forgot. Do you want me to give mine? Sure. Okay, so we have commented in past episodes and even a little bit today that Miley Cyrus was not having fun while doing this movie. She, you could tell she, I mean, she just did not look like she wanted to do the movie. So my comment is don't do it if you're not enjoying it. And if you're not enjoying it but have to do it, find a way to enjoy it, gosh darn it. Like, if you have to write book four out of a six book series and it's the book you're not looking forward to writing, it's not fun, you're not excited about it, you've got to find something that will make you excited about it. Change the whole thing until you're excited about it. Not Seriously, joking. not, yeah. Um, that's not the book you should be writing if it's that boring to you. No one will want to read it. Yeah, if, and, okay, so one of my favorite authors, uh, I absolutely loved her series. Okay, so books one, two, three, and four were all fantastic. And then book five, uh, knowing her, because I was, we're friends, she was talking, she was super stressed during that time. And book five sucked. Like it, it lacked passion, it lacked excitement. It lacked like the, the fun dialogue that the characters had between each other and her cells, you know, they reflected that. And so the thing is, if you're not having fun, then your readers are going to tell you you're not having fun. And so with Miley Cyrus, with this movie, seriously, what could she, I mean, she could have found a way to enjoy it, you know? It's not the worst job ever. No, it's not. But it's just, there's no, there's no passion, you know? Yeah. So it makes it not fun to watch. Like the bad guy was the only one who we actually cared, you know, which is bad because he's the bad guy. Okay, so that's my first point. And my second point is watch this movie and analyze why the character interactions don't work, why the dialogue doesn't always work, and why the actors aren't taking the movie seriously. So you can learn things reading bad books and reading bad, watching bad movies. You know, you, you can, it helps you see where other people's ha people have weaknesses are so that you can be more aware of potential weaknesses you have in those areas. And so I, a lot of people, you know, they're like, read all the greats. Well, if you don't know what is bad, then reading the greats doesn't always help because you don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Eating the contrast. Exactly. So if you want to, to see why, why we dislike this movie, why this movie is a good example of a bad of bad lessons for authors to learn, then watch it. Analyze the characters, interactions, and everything, and just grit your teeth, you know, pop some popcorn for some hilarity that's not even fun hilarity, you know? No, no. Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> it's like, really hard to... Yeah. Uh, watch it with somebody you like so that there's something you like in the room because the yes. movie will not be it. <laughs> yeah, because I was super sick when I started watching this and Nolan had to get up early and I just couldn't. I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood for a stupid movie. And I was like, I'm going to make Nolan watch this with me. And so he did. <laughs> but I mean, that's the only reason I watched it was because I needed something stupid. And it was stupid, but it wasn't even stupid enough. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, here's my points. Okay, go ahead and give them. Be memorable. Oh, yeah. There we go. Because this was a... It's... Yeah. It's not... There's no strong impression. We had to rewatch the opening and closing scenes to remember what happened in them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, at least be that much. Yeah. <laughs> there. If you, even if you're memorable for being bad, I guess that's something. Yeah. <laughs> but this was so, like, empty. Like an empty shell of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, a good description. There's no inside. flesh... Nothing, nothing was fleshed out. They're like, here's some credits. 
and yeah. like that's it <laughs> to prove that it was like a thing i guess yeah that there was like a budget yeah, like, yeah look we had a director we had a director okay and producers yeah yeah <laughs> exactly um so undercover so. <laughs> um yeah if you're like so something that we notice um is when we stop reading books yeah that means something didn't happen that should have happened or else i wouldn't have put it down yeah um this entire movie is that Mm -hmm. so it can be hard to pinpoint but um if you can get like beta readers even if ones don't finish to Mm -hmm. tell you where they stopped that can be useful information yes yeah i try to ask readers and sometimes the problem is is that if the book in general is bad you get so many different answers yeah and so you don't get to see a clear pattern you know Mm mm-hmm but yeah. if everybody's saying they're not finishing the book and if like with the key of Kalenia without the chapters, remember how I used to have the journals at the beginning and nobody finished it without the journal that tells you that the book was bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's useful information. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not completing your book. Mm-hmm. If people don't complete your book, then they could be with the wrong audience for you. Exactly. But, that's I mean, there, there could be a lot of reasons why, but if you think you've hit, you know, you've got beta readers that are your target audience and they're not finishing. Yeah. That's useful information as yeah. well. So, they probably forgot to finish reading your book. That's bad. Okay, so there's another caveat. How many beta readers have you used? Because well, 50% don't finish. And if oh, you I'm get right. three and none of those finish, it doesn't mean your book is bad. True, true, true. Um, but uh, the, point, general, the, cho- the, point the general is, point yes. I'm making is if people don't can't wait to finish, if people can't not wait, how do I say if that? If they can't put it down. You want them to not be able to put it down. Yeah. If they read your book and then forget about it and you're like hey did you finish reading my book and you're like i totally forgot that i was reading your book yeah not good not good at all so be memorable yes and uh i guess my point number two is have a point to what you are doing Mm -hmm. this movie doesn't have a point no Mm -hmm. Um, make money fulfill a contract yeah exactly it was like here's a script um, we have to make five Molly Cyrus movies because she, or because uh, she's under contract for it and we gave her mo- money for that much. Yeah. So we have to, you know, squeeze, pinch this turd off. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and that's the way she acts and that's the way like half the actors are, you know? Yeah. And they're like, what's the minimum we can do to say that we made a movie and yeah. then yeah. put that in there? It's like, they're all tired of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, there wasn't really a point other than, uh, legally binding yeah yeah (laughs) obligations um and it showed yeah so we should do like a themed month where every week we do a movie from a famous singer so we do britney spears crossroads movie and mandy moore's a walk to remember our hope hope a walk to remember and tangled (laughs) and then let's see what are what are movies by famous singers? I mean, Barbara Streisand, Oliver. I hate that movie. We're not going to watch that one. Anyway, so, there's only so much I can endure. We also haven't without done compensation. A... So if somebody <laughs> has a Patreon with us uh, and contributes and makes me watch Oliver, I will do it. No, torture Nolan with movies. No, I I won't do it. I will respectfully <laughs> say, please pick a different movie. <laughs> I will be doing a solo podcast. <laughs> Um, you can force me to watch horrible movies. Uh, okay. So one thing we also realized with, I realized it was that we don't ha- we haven't done a musical yet. So if any of our Patreon supporters want to suggest a musical, please do. And we will, you know, 
figure that one out. Do it. I told Nolan, I was like, we've never done a musical. And he goes, yeah, but what would we talk about? I'm like, musicals have plots too. <laughs> he's, he's watched a ton of musicals. He even has a couple favorite, like Bless Her Beautiful Hide. That's the only line I know. <laughs> you know lots of lines from that song. <laughs> you quoted a bunch of them to me. Yeah. I don't... I, you know, I don't oh. think I've ever actually watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers all the way through. That's sad. You've watched My Fair Lady, haven't you? My Fair Lady? You, you would love My Fair Lady. No. I read the play. So you know how it ends then? Yeah. Like, with the way he... He's like, where are my shoes? And he... Slippers. And he pulls his hat over his head. Over his eyes. I think you would like that movie. I was telling Nolan, the king and I, I was so disappointed when I was like 11 that they didn't get together, even though he's got like 3,000 wives and concubines. They, they <laughs> I was never. like, where's the romance in this movie? <laughs> it's, it's Yul Brynner, Nolan. Yeah, it's Yul Brynner. I know. Yul Brynner is amazing. I get it. I get it. You do. He's freaking amazing. I still mm. have a crush on him. Yeah. Westworld. Yeah. Uh, Westworld, King and uh, I. Magnificent Seven. Anyway, my grandma always would say, oh, those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we're just kind of yammering. Yes, we, we're way off topic because there's nothing much in the, in the, movie the empty to talk shell about. of a movie to talk about. Yes. Um, and that makes it feel like I, this is really important. I, I feel like maybe it feels empty to you, the mm -hmm. audience, but it's not. Actually, watch this movie. <laughs> And analyze it. Analyze like we it. Said. Actually, try and break it down. Follow the character plots. You know their development, mm -hmm. their interactions, mm -hmm. the climax, all the things that we normally talk about. Yeah. Really analyze them, mm -hmm. and see what you come up with. And Ooh. here, write a better story. <laughs> Use it as a writing prompt, and then redo it as a better. <laughs> anyway. I mean, the premise isn't that bad. I mean, no, it's the nothing... premise is fine. It's I mean, fine. it's miscongeniality. I love miscongeniality. Yeah, it's like teenage miscongeniality. Yeah, it could have been so much fun. Yeah, but it's not. The story writing, you know, directing and the acting. Yeah. Pretty much every main faucet of the movie. Faucet. Facet of the movie. Main faucet. <laughs> the faucet's leaky too, okay? Yes. <laughs> anyway, all right, we better wrap it up. Yes. Uh, any um, parting comments? Where can people find you? With a camera oh. across the street. What? Oh, gosh. Across what street? Our street? Their street. Their across street. their street. Wherever they live. Checking to see if they're cheating on their spouses? Yes. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. That's why your kids don't look like you. <laughs> My goodness. My brother and his wife. <laughs> their baby. Their first child doesn't look a thing like either of them. <laughs> so funny. You I stalker. Guess. Yeah. Stalking, no, I'm being paid. Stalking our readers. No, I'm being paid. Oh, that's right. You're, if you're private a private investigator. Eye, yes, okay. Where's the money? Private investigators make a lot of money. It's coming. That's coming. They don't get the photos until I get paid. So okay. They're dirty photos. You shouldn't have done that, creator <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All right. You can find me in BookBub Promotions and more on Facebook or an email at andreatselfpublishedstrong.com. And that's pretty much it right now. Um, I have been getting into the BookBub group pretty much every day lately. I'm so proud of myself. Good for you I for know. being in your own group. So I know, it's, really it's good. so bad. So bad. I've been it's so nice though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. If you have any questions, email me and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.